800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. Federal investigators are looking into whether four bolts were supposed to be in place to help hold the door panel that flew off during Alaska Airlines flight. Plus, state troopers are looking to add some new fur hats to their shopping list. And the federal program built to improve nutrition for new mothers and kids has grown for the first time in a decade. But first, federal investigators say a door panel slid up before flying off an Alaska Airlines jetliner last week, and they are looking at whether four bolts that were supposed to help hold the panel in place might have been missing when the plane took off. The comments Monday from the National Transportation Safety Board came shortly after Alaska and United Airlines reported separately that they found loose parts in the panels or door plugs of several other Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets. AP correspondent Norman Hall reports. More details have emerged about the cause of an Alaska Airlines jet which lost part of an exit door during flight. United Airlines says it found loose bolts and other installation issues on a part of some Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets that were inspected after Friday's Alaska Airlines mid-flight blowout. The inspections are focused on plugs used to seal an area set aside for extra emergency doors that are not required on United and Alaska MAX 9s. That plug is the part that blew off the Alaska plane as it cruised 16,000 feet over Oregon. The Federal Aviation Administration grounded all MAX 9s operated by Alaska and United and some flown by foreign airlines after Friday night's terrifying flight. The FAA has issued new guidelines for inspecting the door plugs in other MAX 9 jets and repairing them if necessary. I'm Norman Hall. The Alaska Department of Public Safety is shopping for some distinctly northern items of clothing, a collection of fur hats. The intent to buy the hats expressed in a state public notice seeking proposals is not about making a fashion statement. Rather, it is about properly equipping public safety employees who work in the cold Alaska environment, according to Austin McDaniel, a spokesperson for the Alaska State Troopers. The state has for decades supplied such fur trapper-style hats as part of the regular trooper uniform, McDaniel said. While troopers have local artisans from their region make their authorized fur hats at a personal expense, we also issue troopers this uniquely Alaskan headgear to all troopers as part of their standard-issued uniform, he said by an email. Troopers are exposed to some of the harshest environments on the planet as they patrol remote regions of the state to ensure public safety and enforce fishing and hunting regulations, and this is one of the pieces of outerwear that keeps troopers warm. Just as troopers in southeast Alaska might be decked out in rain gear and fishing-style rubber boots to work in that wet environment, troopers working in the interior and western Alaska can be seen wearing parkas and fur hats of the type that the department is seeking to buy, according to McDaniel. The notice seeking bids does not specify the quantity of fur hats to be supplied, but the department anticipates buying about 50 a year to equip new troopers and to replace damaged hats that are no longer serviceable. And a federal program built to improve nutrition for new mothers and kids is growing for the first time in over a decade thanks to changes made during the pandemic. Since its pilot program began in 1974, the Special Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women's Infants and Children, better known as WIC, has provided food, nutrition support, and education to pregnant and postpartum women, toddlers, and infants through states, tribes, and territorial governments. But difficulties accessing WIC include frequent in-person appointments for education and monitoring have long suppressed participation. 
On average, only half of the people eligible for WIC enroll, and between 2010 and 2021, nationwide caseloads fell 32%, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which oversees the program. That appears to be changing in most states, however, much to the relief of women and children's health advocates who say WIC has a proven track record of improving the health of women and children. In 2023, WIC experienced significant growth for the first time since the Great Recession of 2008, outpacing federal projections and reaching an estimated 6.6 million Americans. Allie Hard, the policy director for the National WIC Association, which advocates on behalf of state and local WIC agencies, and a former senior policy advisor at the Agriculture Department, said there's a lot of opportunities right now, and we're accomplishing things that I never thought we'd be able to get done. It's terrible circumstances, of course, but I do think the pandemic led to a lot of really exciting innovation. But the expansion comes at a moment of enormous uncertainty for WIC. Many of the technology changes that made it easier to participate were authorized by temporary federal waivers during the pandemic, and Congress would need to change the law to extend them. And some Republican lawmakers argue that because the extra federal money during the pandemic was meant to cover the emergency, spending should return to earlier levels. Coming up, the Alaska College of Education Consortium, which encompasses UAA, UAF, and UAS, has announced the second year of its teacher internship scholarship program. That story, when News of the North continues. The Alaska College of Education Consortium, which encompasses the University of Alaska Anchorage, the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and the University of Alaska Southeast, has announced the second year of its teacher internship scholarship program. This initiative, which is supported by the collaborative efforts of the Alaska State Legislature, Governor, and UA President Pat Pitney, and coordinated with the assistance of ACEC liaison Bridget Weiss, highlights the strength of unity in advancing educational opportunities across the state. UAA School of Education Dean Tonya Doucet remarked on the impact of this program, saying, This opportunity ensures our teacher candidates can focus on their professional growth rather than their personal finances. It's a game changer for aspiring educators in Alaska. Now it's in its second successful year. The Teacher Internship Scholarship Program is designed to relieve the financial challenges faced by students during the critical full-time internships in teacher education. It reflects the commitment of the ACEC and the UA system to ensure that aspiring teachers complete their licensure programs without the burden of financial stress. Teachers prepared through a high-quality year-long internship-based program are three times more likely to still teach in the classroom after three years than those in fast-track or emergency licensure programs. Supporting Alaskan students in becoming teachers reduces a district's need to incur the high cost of recruiting from outside Alaska and increases the likelihood of multiple-year retention. Applications for priority consideration are due by April 1st of this year, with announcements of scholarships recipients scheduled for May. Assemblyman Wade Bryson joined Action Line ahead of Monday night's assembly meeting to discuss the agenda, notably the multiple ordinances on housing. Th- over $3 million of uh, affordable housing fund is being given to private developers at a low interest rate so that they can att- address, um, I want to say one of them's only efficiencies in one bedrooms, and that is huge. There's such a high demand for it. Um, that's what I was, uh, these are, I think are great examples of people that were like, God, what are you doing? Why are you giving all these incentives to people? And my answer back was, don't complain about what we're doing for everybody else. Tell us what you need. 
those two organizations told us what they need, and here we are with an ordinance providing it so they can go build the workforce housing that we've asked for. It's the best example of the system, like, work in the process. Over 2.2 million went to those single-unit and efficiency homes. Deputy Mayor Michelle Hale spoke more on those ordinances this morning during KINY's The Morning Brew. Um, and so those will be coming up for public testimony at the next assembly meeting, which is on February 5th. And the way the process works, which is sometimes kind of opaque, is we have to introduce an ordinance to let people know it'll be available for public testimony. And then public testimony and often decision is at the next meeting. So that next meeting will be February 5th on those two ordinances. And that is right in line with the highest priority for this assembly, which is to do everything we can to encourage housing development. Whenever housing is discussed in Juneau, one of the major issues is where to develop more housing. Wherever they can shoehorn it in. And I know that people don't like that answer. And uh, we've definitely heard from uh, Gasno Avenue is probably a good example of how dare you put an apartment here? We can barely park as it is. Well, there's no parking requirement. And so the idea is that we're um, hopefully putting the right housing in the right location um, for the transportation needs. If we were building something way out the road or maybe deep, deep in the valley, say out the road where you didn't have bus service and you were building an apartment building well you would need to have an appropriate size uh, parking lot I mean that would make sense because you you don't have all of the f- facilities right there but building a, an apartment complex without parking requirements in the heart of downtown it's you're just not going to have as uh, high a, a need for the cars you can listen to the full action line program on our website kinyradio.com And Governor Mike Dunleavy has declared January as Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Here is a statement shared on the governor's Facebook page. Human trafficking is a public health issue and crime that exploits the most vulnerable and weakens the health and well-being of individuals, families, and communities across generations that occurs in both rural and urban Alaska. Human trafficking can happen to anyone, but certain populations are disproportionately at risk, including people affected by abuse, violence, poverty, unstable living situations, social disconnection, or discrimination. Human trafficking can be prevented by building individual, community, and societal understanding and resilience and addressing the conditions that contribute to exploitation. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, KINYradio.com.